2: Deep to right field. Lookouts! A two-run home run for Bryce Harper and it's 5-0. Phillies on top.
1: That wasn't wind dated, Tom. It was not. That was a tracer.
0: Well, Ray, that has been spring so far, which is the Phillies knocking the ball out of park down in Florida. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very optimistic for the upcoming season. We're going to check in for the first time. New uh, Phillies writer for the Inquirer, previously for the Athletic publication that you and I both like. Alex Coffee. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, by the way, at Buy And she joins us this morning. Alex, very nice to talk to you.
3: Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: You bet. Um, let us start with uh, let us start with this. Actually, let's start with something, a development from yesterday. The big concern going into camp was uh, Zach Wheeler and his condition. They wanted to get him some work leading into the season. Yesterday, I know he worked out in the morning. He threw a couple of innings early in the morning in Dunedin. Don't know if you got to see him, uh, whether you did or not. Kind of what's the report on his status and what might we expect there?
3: Yeah, so right now he said that he's still on track to be ready Um by the, the first week of the season. Obviously, he's not going to be making the opening day start. Um, he's a little bit behind um, the other the other starters, but but his goal is still to be back by the, the first week of the season, and he said that yesterday he felt physically fine, just wanted to get some reps in. Um, but one thing to note is that he's probably going to go into the his first start of the regular season against the Mets um, without having thrown to – Live big league hitters he's not going to be getting in an actual grapefruit league game down here um because of the rain yesterday he was throwing to he was throwing in a simulation game, so he was just facing some of the Phillies minor league guys so mm-hmm. um the caliber of people that he's he's facing and he'll face um next week when he throws again in another simulation game will obviously not be the same as you know. Vladdy, Vladdy Junior, or whoever he would have faced uh, yesterday right. if he had made his start. So um, he doesn't seem too concerned about it, but it is definitely atypical. So that's just something to note. But um, but his goal is still to be ready by that first week of the
2: season. Has uh, Alex has uh, has Joe Girardi talked much about how deep he expects his starters to go once once they start playing the games? Because it's been an unusual <laughs> spring, and you know they you guys haven't gotten a whole ton of work um has he talked about how many innings he's expecting his starters to give him once the season starts obviously they'll ramp it up as the season goes along yeah. but as we as we get underway here does are, are you thinking is is he thinking in terms of five innings because he thinking six what do you th- what do you figure
3: yeah so he hasn't put a firm innings limit on it um i was talking to jp Realmuto about this yesterday his his estimate, and this is just his guess, but he was thinking three or four or four or five. Um, I think the interesting thing to look at is that these guys all go really deep, like relatively speaking, compared to the starters around the rest of the league, they go deeper into games. It's kind of like how they're wired. Um, so, you know, I think it might be (laughs) a challenge to kind of rein them in off the bat. Um, but, but I think somewhere maybe like the four to five range would be my guess. But, um, but Girardi hasn't said, you know, we're going to hold these guys to this this amount of work early on. I think that they're kind of just you know, keeping an eye on it. And uh, it it might be a little bit different for
0: each guy. It's going to be so odd. Um, And I know, what, are they going to carry, 28 at the start of the year? Yeah. And 16 pitchers. Right. Yeah, Yeah, so yesterday
3: he was like, "Uh, actually, I'm thinking 15 pitchers instead. And we're like, that's still a lot of pitchers.
0: Yeah, 15 (laughs) pitchers. I don't think they have room in the bullpen. So let's – I want you to kind of project forward. When it it returns to some degree of normalcy, which these days is – what, 26 pitchers, 26 uh, players, 13 of whom are pitchers. When it does, how do you, Alex, project the bullpen playing out, kind of start at closer and work backward? What do you see?
3: Just in terms of how they'll perform over the course of the season. Well, who
0: do you think will end up in the role of closer? Who are my setup men? Because I think there are a lot of names there who might be used in different ways. I'm yeah. just kind of I'm curious on how you project it.
3: Yeah, well, the, I think the two names to keep your eye on are Sir Anthony Dominguez and uh, and oh. Knable. They both look great this spring. They're both touching 97 already, um, you know, and they've only had a few outings in uh, in Grapefruit League games. So, mm-hmm. and and those are guys that, you know, they could be used interchangeably in my mind. I mean, that was something that JT said yesterday as well. Was that he he believes that Sir Anthony has the stuff to close if they need him to. So I don't think it's you know, they're they're saying right now that Cabeal is going to be the closer, but I don't think that it's automatically. You know, I think that they could have a little bit of flexibility there if they wanted to. Um, but but yeah, a tool like Sir Anthony, if he's healthy, um, which he says he is right now, um, you know, he can be used in a in a ton of different spots, and um, and his stuff looks great. So I think that those are the two guys to keep an eye on in the bullpen for sure, and they can they can be a difference maker. You know, I think they really elevate it. From what it
0: was last year. Yeah, listen, a couple of years ago, I mean, before you came to town, and Ray, remember Sir Anthony when he came up looked like he could be something special, and the injuries mm-hmm. just derailed that career. If he, if there's any possibility of him getting back, Ray, that would that would just
2: be such a nice bonus. Yeah, it, it, I didn't expect it. It really would, and you know, th- this team, you, you just kind of get the feeling that the bullpen's just going to sort itself out over time. I, you know, I don't know that Joe. I don't know that Joe Girardi has a really clear idea right now of exactly how it's going to work out. It's just going to be one of those. Listen, we're going to go into the season, going to use all these guys, and we'll let them def- we'll let them find their roles. You know, mm-hmm. I-, I think that that's kind of the way it is. But I wanted to go back one more one more question on the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Alex is mm-hmm. yeah. every time I've seen <clears throat> every time I've seen Aaron Nola this spring. The only thing I've seen are guys hitting balls like 500 feet off them. I mean, is, is, yeah. is, is anybody getting a little concerned about Because I've seen references to Joe saying, oh, that's, yeah, a well, bad pitch, but I thought he threw the ball well, and then the next game yeah. he gives up two more, and it's, oh, I threw the ball well. I mean, is anybody yeah. getting a little concerned about where Aaron Nola is right now?
3: So far, they're not. Um, he is getting hit around a lot. He's, about, he's actually going to start um, today. They're at home against the Tigers, um, so I guess we'll see what he does today. I mean, you know, it's so tricky to read into spring training stuff, you know, so much of it, like, obviously these games don't matter, and everyone's always like, take it with a grain of salt, um, but he has been He has been getting hit around a lot. I, I also don't think that they would have made him the opening day starter if they were super, super concerned, so, right. you know, um, I guess we'll see what he does today, But um, but it's not really... They don't really seem to be ringing any alarm bells about
0: him just yet. Mm. Mm. Well, <laughs> I I, I'm kind of with Ray. Generally, I, I generally I,
3: speaking, I don't think that they ring the alarm bells, you know, too often around yeah. us. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're,
0: and and they're not going to tell you if they are, and I, I'm worried about that. But here's the good yeah. stuff. All right, and by the way, we're speaking with Alex Coffee. Uh, follow her on Twitter at by Alex Coffee. C O F F E Y. Here's the part that's good. Here's your order, Ray. Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins. This is what they did the other day. Maybe this will be the order: Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper batting third, Castellanos cleanup, J.T. batting fifth, Didi Gregorius sixth, Jean Segura, Bryson Stott, mm-hmm. and my center fielder, Mickey Moniak. <laughs> so let's start with Mickey Moniak, who people in this town have watched for many years. You know, having been the first overall pick of the draft and done nothing. By all accounts, he is having a great spring. Is it possible that Mickey Moniak has finally figured it out? Does he look like you to a major league player?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, he – I mean, he looks like one now. He made a few adjustments with um, the Phillies hitting coach, Kevin Long. He's a little bit closer to the plate, and, um, and you know, it's funny how a little tweak like that can just unlock all this power. But he's homered a bunch of times this spring. Um, you know he's getting in the lineup, getting in games more. Um, so it's pretty crazy considering the fact that he wasn't able to work with Kevin um, during the off season, during the lockout. You know they just met this spring. You know obviously they haven't had a lot of time together, but it was kind of an immediate impact that he made, um, and we're already seeing the results. So um, you know you always have to preface it with his spring training, and you know don't read into it too much, but. But so far he looks great, and I think he's got a really good shot to, uh, you know, to make the team. So,
2: yeah, it sure that looks was, that it sure looks that way, and uh, nobody would have guessed that coming into this spring. I mean, it's, I think most people had kind of written him off as a as just mm-hmm. a wasted draft pick, and now he's played his way back into it thanks to the O'Dubal Herrera injury. I mean, if he if he was still <laughs> yeah. playing, I mean, who knows that Moniak would have even gotten this opportunity?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy to see what that injury has opened up. You know, you look at a guy like Matt Vierling too, another center field candidate. He's been tearing the cover off the ball as well, making really, really hard contact, both of them. Um, And they wouldn't really have this in-depth look, you know, that they're getting without, uh, without Herrera's injury. So, you know. We'll see what happens there. I don't know if he's going to get Wally pipped or, or what, but it'll be interesting
1: be fine. to watch.
0: That would be fine with both of us. Alex, before <laughs> before we let you go, I read your bio. says you are a second-generation sports writer. Ray, Ray and I are both a couple of old sports writers. Give us a little bit of your background, people who haven't met you yet in town. Give us a little bit of you know where you're from and uh, your family history here.
3: Yeah, so I'm from New York originally, and my dad was a longtime sports writer at the New York Daily News. Um he would normally write, you know, like long Sunday features. He was an enterprise guy, so he wasn't—he wasn't ever really on a beat. Um, but he would bring me to events and press box, press boxes, and um, games. You know, I was always around the game, but it wasn't just that I was around the game. I was also around media, so um, I kind of felt like he was grooming me <laughs> for this for a while. But as a stubborn child, I always told him that I didn't want to do what he did and then um, kind of fell in love with it in my own
1: way, and now I'm doing exactly what he did. <laughs> so. well, that's terrific. <laughs> wow, so I, I, I,
2: I, I didn't know that. So Wayne Coffey is your dad? Yep, yep. I, I, yeah. I, had, I had no idea. Well, Wayne, I've known Wayne Coffey for a long time. Your dad's really a good guy. He's a terrific writer. Uh, yeah. And um, he covered a lot of Olympic stuff, and I covered yeah. a lot of Olympic stuff. So that's where I got to know him. And, um he wrote. Uh, I mean, his book "Boys of Winter" about the '80 Olympic team is really, really a good book. And your dad's a yeah. your dad's really a good guy. Well, I yeah,
3: he uh, sets the bar very high, very high. Sometimes he sure I wish did. I didn't share the surname with him because I'm like, oh my gosh, the standard is so
0: high. He sure but, did. Um, <laughs> well, when you when next time you're talking <laughs> yeah. to your
2: dad, tell him I said hello, please.
0: I will. I will. <laughs> All right. Listen, it's uh, it's delightful to to meet you, to talk to you, and uh, uh, appreciate your insight, and hope to talk to you again.
3: Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Thanks,
0: uh, Alex. You will. There you go. Well, how coffee, about the that? Inquirer. There
3: you go, right?
2: I know, I didn't. I just didn't make the connection. Well,
0: sure. It's 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 not. Coffee is not the most common name, but certainly not rare.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just I just never put that together. That 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 I, Wayne Coffee was her dad.
0: I think she's off to a pretty good start. You know, I criticize the Inquirer a lot um, when I think it needs it, but they brought her in as a baseball writer, and she did a piece last week on the. Um, the kid trying to make it as a backup catcher, Sands. I think they just sent him down the other day. But it was very. She can write too. She got writing jobs.
2: Yeah. Oh, so, well, good. Go. Good for her. It's in the genetics. Uh, apparently so. I mean, there's a lot of that. Uh, a lot of that out there. Uh, you know that uh, some of the, a, a lot of the um, young women that are into the sports writing thing came through it with their fathers. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's uh, it it sort of makes sense. But her yeah. her dad was really really good. He wrote for the New York Daily News for a long time, and really his book on the 80 US hockey team is really a fine fine book called nice. The Boys of Winter. Very nice.
0: Ray, can I just say one thing? Yeah. I'm thinking Philly's playoffs this year, Ray. <laughs> Still, come, on, huh? come with
2: me, Ray. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go down this road together. No, I'm telling you it's it's come the on, sun, man. It's, it's the sunshine and the palm trees. That you're you're intoxicated. Nah, you're nah, intoxicated nah. with the uh, with the look and feel of of the grapefruit League.
0: Ray, I, I believe I have a few spare instruments left on the bandwagon.
2: If you want to hop on, uh, no, that's okay. I'll I'll wait. I'm I am not. Uh, <laughs> it's April, I, Ray. Come on. I can't. Look, I, I listen. I wish Mickey Moniac well. I do, <laughs> uh, but I I'm not. That's I'm, where you had to start, huh? I'm not prepared. To, I'm not prepared to say that all of a sudden he's become Mickey Mantle. I just, no, no, I no. just don't,
0: Castellanos Schwarber. Come on, I. Two like,
2: hundred and twenty-five home runs out of this team this year. I have too much. I yeah. Well, that part of it. I mean, listen that the heart of the lineup, uh, the batting order. I'm I'm with you there. I I think they are going to be. I think they are going to be, you know, one of the top offensive teams in baseball. I think they're going to be a dynamic offensive team. I think they're going to. I think they're going to hit the ball. They're going to score a ton of runs. Um, I just don't know about the rest of it, but. You know the people, the people that I've read and the people that I've talked to, and the pe- baseball people whose opinion I respect, um, are more on your side. I mean, they they feel apparently that, apparently that group doesn't include me because I can't sway you a little bit. No, but I mean, well, I mean, they're, I mean, they're they're of the opinion that the, I think. Look, when the projections <laughs> come wait, hold out, hold on, I just have to. People I respect think the Phillies are going to be good, and then there's you. No, 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 no. Don't tell you it that way. I guess you could if you wish, but you don't have to. I would rather you didn't. But um, I, I have a feeling. Look, this week we're going. Everybody's going to be making their picks, right? This yeah. week the the season's going to open for real, uh, and everybody's going to be making their predictions about how the things are going to finish and who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to make the World Series. And I would be willing to bet you, even if you do view it on a national scale, not just locally but nationally, the writers. Um, I'll bet. More, I'll bet. The Phillies are going to be picked by most people to make the postseason. Not necessarily win the division, but they're going to be viewed. I think most people are going to pick them as a postseason team. Oh, there you have it. I really do. I I think there is is a genuine feeling of – that kind of optimism about the Phillies right, right
0: now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bother you about it again next week, all right? That's fine. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go and through By it. the
2: way, I am rooting for them. I want them well, to do I that well. That. I'm just, I know. I I'm know. just, uh, you know, I mean, last You're year. you sold yet. I you know, I I never got on the bandwagon last year, and I'm yeah. still not quite on.
0: Yeah. Big year for Joe Girardi, by the way.
2: I think it's a huge Joe, year Girardi, Joe Girardi,
0: Doc Rivers, both kind of in that same position. Like, you know, we hired these big name, big visibility Managers, coach with great resumes, and kind of put up or shut up time for both of those.
2: Yeah, boy. Given Joe, given Joe, a sixteen-man pitching staff is really dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> I, yes, I, I could just see him. I have every, uh, those shots of him walking out of the dugout, uh, you know, tapping the right arm, tapping uh, the left arm. Yeah, I we're going to be have one of, a lot those, of that. Another one of these. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> oh, boy. Yes.
0: We get to use that gif a lot, don't we? All right. Uh, Robert in Germantown's got some final four thoughts. Robert, I know you've been patient. Thanks for hanging.
1: No, it's always a pleasure listening to you guys. So, Ray, I was at New Hope yesterday, looking forward very much to your play next Saturday. Oh, right. good. Well, yeah, guys starting this week, right? Yeah,
2: it, it, we uh, The play opens at the Bucks County Playhouse this Thursday. and uh, Are you coming Saturday afternoon or Saturday night?
1: Afternoon. I'm an old guy. I don't like driving. Oh, okay, because right. if you were coming on
2: Saturday night, you'd get the opportunity to see Glenn Macnow on the stage. Well, but maybe
1: I'll stay then. Yeah, maybe I'll bring out. Hang out. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So anyways, uh trivia question for you guys. Who was uh, Coach K's coach starting out at West Point?
0: Uh, It was Bobby Knight.
1: Bobby Knight. Now, I had the experience back when I was a basketball coach, uh, going to a lot of clinics he used to have. I met some really great human beings and brilliant coaches. John Wooden, uh, Roy Williams, and Dean Smith came as a pair. Roy was the assistant back then. And, yeah, I got to meet Bobby Knight and Coach K. Brilliant coaches, I'll I'll give them that. But as human beings, arrogant. You don't want to know about Bobby Knight. The stories I could tell you guys. Oh, Maybe we know that.
2: We start. know the Trust stories. Trust me, I know about Bobby Knight.
0: So, Ray, yeah, is there a gene? Because <laughs> Ray, you and I have talked about this a lot with with pro with football coaches, right? Mm-hmm. They can be great at their jobs and are often arrogant SOBs, right? Stubborn, arrogant SOBs, and it does appear to be the same with college basketball coaches. Yeah. Well, Is it something that helps you do the job to be that guy?
2: I, I don't know. I don't think that you have to be that way. I've known other coaches that, that have been successful and haven't been that way. Jay Wright being a perfect example of yeah. that. Yeah. But oh, I mean, Jay it's, Wright, it, Jay it, Wright. It, it's so good. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's the point that you made about, uh, you know, that Robert was mentioning about Shashevsky um, coaching, playing playing at Army for Bobby Knight, uh, what the, a, a football coach at Army at that time at West Point was Bill Parcells. And mm-hmm. Bill Parcells ah. and Bobby Knight became like best friends and are remain best friends today and are very similar personalities. That very seems, similar personalities. Seems like a fun dinner party to crash.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby Bobby Knight is wildly entertaining. He swears like
0: well, he no, I, we I can't know, talk no. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I just saying the uh, yeah. well, last
1: comment guys, I, I wish Tempo became relevant again. I think what we miss in Philadelphia is a big time team like Temple used to have where you want to go to the Welsh. I, I love Jay Wright, but I just can't embrace Villanova as a Philadelphia school. I just can't do it. Well that,
0: that's uh, that's you. Uh, I think most amazing. people have moved I think most people have moved moved past the Villanova is not a Philadelphia team. I mean it's whatever, ten minutes away. It's a Philadelphia team. Yeah. Um but what Philadelphia misses currently I think is a good college basketball rivalry. Right. Because there's Villanova, and then there's the rest of them, and it's it's much better when you know Villanova and Temple are playing some for something, or when St. Joe's had those good years, whatever. Now back what, fifteen years ago, I guess, right? Um, under Phil, when you know they would beat Villanova half the time. That that that's what we miss.
2: Yeah, what you're missing really is the is the true is the true sense of rivalry among the Big Five schools, which even when and there were years when. Some of those teams, individual teams, were really, really good. I mean, LaSalle had a really good run. I mean, Villanova had a really good run. You know, Temple, even Penn, uh, and St. Joe's, of course, under Ramsey, nationally ranked and had a chance, but they never never so separated themselves from the other teams that the Big Five games didn't have real meaning. I mean, there was always a chance that, on any given year, Penn could knock off a really good St. Joe's team. You really felt that on those Saturday doubleheaders. I mean, that's what made the building so electric. That hasn't been the case now for years. I mean, it really is Villanova and everybody else.
0: Yep. Um, By the way, uh, rumor has it, Ray, uh, that our our pal recent guest on Tell Us Your Story, Fran Dunphy, may end up the coach back at LaSalle one more run. Really? Yes.
2: How fitting would that be that he he Uh, goes back to coach at the school where he played? The story is the job's his if he wants it. Wow. So. Well, listen, that would be a great hire for LaSalle. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, they need something to put the program back on the map, and he's the winningest coach in Big Five history and, and, a, and a great player on the greatest team that LaSalle's ever had. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it looks like a fit. I would love it. And when we had Fran on for Tell Us Your Story, he made it clear that I still remember his words, you know, I miss the juice of the locker room. So, if given the opportunity, I think he would do it again. He's a lifer.
0: Yeah, he is. He's a lifer. All right, coming up, we'll take your calls on the other side. Uh, we haven't gotten to enough calls today. Looking forward to that. And I threw out this contest at the beginning of the show, and I, you know, really haven't done much to advance it. I thought that second game last night, that North Carolina Duke game, was one of the most entertaining sporting events I have seen in a long time. Ray was too busy sulking over the Villanova loss that yeah, he couldn't I was. get into the spirit of the thing.
2: I, I was watching
0: with one <laughs> eye. I have to admit. Yeah, I know. Uh, so the question is, what is the what is the best game you have seen? It can be sporting event. It not have to be a game. Uh, in the last ten years, we want it to be recent. Two rules: not a championship game, not a Super Bowl, not a final. Uh, and not a Philadelphia team because we can all find games involving our team that we love. Give us another. Somebody wins a $25 gift card to my brewery, the Concha Brewing Company. Beers on me, Ray and Glenn, 94 WIP.